Are you a current or future physician assistant wanting to learn more about finances? Then join me on this journey to become a PA the FI way. Hi, my name is Kat and I'm a practicing certified physician assistant who will be your host. It took me five years after I started practicing medicine as a PA to thoroughly dive into my personal finances after I discovered the concept of financial independence. I want to use what I have learned to help you avoid some of the financial mistakes that I have made while sharing some of the financial wins that I have had along the way. Join me as we discuss financial strategies to guide you to becoming a physician assistant on the way to financial independence. Hey there, and welcome back to the PA the FI Way podcast. Thanks for coming back to take a listen to the show today. On today's episode, I want to review Dave Ramsey's seven baby steps, as well as some other pieces of advice that he recommends through the lens of someone pursuing financial independence. For many people, including PAs, one of the very first resources that they will very likely come across when they are researching personal finance or debt payoff or student loan payback is Dave Ramsey. So I am sure many of you are very familiar with him, but not everyone is. He has hosted a radio show for many years and he has written books about personal finance, but he is very well known for his seven baby steps for paying off your debt and ultimately trying to find financial peace. So let's take a look at each of the seven baby steps. And let's also consider whether or not it fits into the thoughts and beliefs of those in the financial independence community. So the first baby step is to save $1,000 for your starter emergency fund. This step is saying that if you have absolutely $0 worth in your savings account, it is absolutely essential that you at least save $1,000 towards your beginning emergency fund. And I do think that this piece of advice is very reasonable. However, a small or a baby emergency fund might need to be a little bit more beefy than $1,000, perhaps $3,000 to $5,000. But I think that aiming for $1,000 minimum is very reasonable to start with so that you have some type of savings in case things like flat tires happen, other car mechanical issues, or if an appliance at home needs to be fixed, or you have medical emergency and have a medical bill that comes up, etc. Baby step number two is to pay off all of your debt except the house using the debt snowball method. And what the debt snowball method is essentially is that you list out all of your debts that you owe money on. And in this step, it's excluding the house or the mortgage. And within this list, you don't give any regards to the interest rate on the debt that you owe, but rather the amount of the debt. So the smallest debt would be at the top of the list all the way down to the largest amount of debt that you owe. And with this method, you start at the top and you make minimum payments on the whole entire list of the debt that you owe, but you try to really maximize and push really hard to overpay on the top or the smallest amount of debt owed first. Once that first debt is paid off, then you go down to the next debt and you roll, hence the snowball, the amount of money that you were paying originally in the first amount 
down to the second amount. And again, keep trying to tackle your debt really hardcore by putting a lot of your funds towards the next debt. Again, you're paying on all of your debt with the minimum payment that you need to pay. So you don't go into default or collections or anything like that. But the concept behind the snowball method is that it can give you psychological wins, meaning that you can feel well accomplished when you pay off one debt, even if it is smaller, and then the next debt, and it can keep you more motivated. The criticism of this method that those in the financial independence community have is that it really isn't the most mathematically sound way of paying off your debt, but rather the avalanche method, which is a different type of method, often saves you more money in the long term. So what the avalanche method is, is you do list out all of your debt again, but instead of putting the smallest amount of debt owed at the top, you put the largest interest rate of the debt at the top. So it doesn't really matter the amount of debt owed, but if you have debt that has an interest rate of, let's say, 20% of it's perhaps a credit card, depending upon the interest rate, or the next step down might be student loans that you might have at 8% or 10% or something like that, depending upon what type of student loan you have. You might have a automobile debt, etc. And although this method, you aren't paying off some of your debts very quickly right at the beginning, so you don't get those quick psychological wins, overall you come out ahead financially because you save more money by paying less of that really high interest over the course of time. Baby step number three is to save three to six months of expenses in a fully funded emergency fund. And this step certainly is very reasonable. I think three to six months worth of expenses in a full emergency fund is a very good amount to aim for. Some people do feel more comfortable with more, perhaps nine or 12 months or even longer. It just kind of depends upon what your risk aversion is. You know, if you feel as though If you were to lose your job and or your spouse were to lose a job and you don't feel like you could get a job pretty quickly, perhaps you want a more fully funded emergency fund. However, having this step after paying off all of your debt probably isn't the best suggestion. It's probably more ideal to be working on paying off your debt and building your emergency fund because that's what the purpose of emergency fund is. You might have an emergency that comes up and you might need to have several thousand dollars or might be off of work for a month or few months and you might need the money to sustain you. And then baby step number four is to invest 15% of your household income in retirement. I think that this amount of 15% is very respectable when you are starting to invest. However, if you are pursuing financial independence with the option to retire early, you probably want to invest more than 15% of your household income to try to get there in a shorter period of time. So it really all depends upon what your goals are. If you feel as though you don't necessarily want to retire early and don't mind working until your 60s, 15% is honestly great. But many in the financial independence community push that to at least 20% many 30% and some even 50% or more. It just, again, depends upon what their goals are and how soon they would like to retire. Baby step number five is to save for your children's college fund. And this is a great step if that is one of your goals. Not everyone's goal is to save for their kiddos' college funds because they may not believe that college is absolutely necessary for their kids to obtain a great job or to build their own wealth. 
However, many want to help set their children up for success and may decide to contribute to a college fund for them to help them with their future if they do decide to go to college. Keep in mind that it is very important that before you save for your children's college fund, that you have adequately saved for your retirement. It's very important that you don't prioritize your children's future college expenses over your future retirement because you don't want to have to become a burden to your children or other people if you cannot financially care for yourself once you retire. And then it also leads to the question, do you really feel as though your children need to go to college to get a good career? There are many careers nowadays that you can make well over six figures without ever having to go to college. So maybe you don't necessarily prioritize that, or maybe your children aren't necessarily the academic type where they don't really thrive in always studying and being in school and enjoy more hands-on learning instead where a trade might be more beneficial for them and they wouldn't necessarily need a robust college fund. Baby step number six is to pay off your home early. And this piece of advice probably isn't ideal for everybody. Now, again, it really depends upon what your goals are in life. Perhaps your goal is to have a completely paid off mortgage and you want to own your home completely outright relatively soon, then by all means, go ahead and aim to do so. However, mortgage rates are pretty low, especially right now. So it makes a lot more financial sense to, instead of focus on overpaying on your mortgage, invest heavily in your retirement accounts, taxable brokerage accounts, HSAs, etc., to reach financial independence sooner and to build more wealth over time. And that leads to baby step number seven, which is build wealth and give. And honestly, one of the critiques here with this step is, what does that mean? It's very much a generalized piece of advice. You know, what does build wealth mean to Dave Ramsey? What does giving mean? I think that it's important that you obviously decide what your goal is for those things. Is your goal for building wealth only so you can have more time and freedom? Or is it because you also want to build up generational wealth and leave wealth for your kids and your grandkids, or perhaps taking care of your aging parents? And is giving to you, giving to organizations and charities that you like, giving more elaborate gifts to friends and family? Is it giving of your time and energy for volunteering? Is it giving more to your church if you tithe, etc.? So this is a great step, but it kind of leaves you hanging in the sense of, well, what do you mean by that? And honestly, a lot of people who follow Dave Ramsey kind of get to this point and they're like, what's next? And that can really lead them to researching a lot online and finding the financial independence community. So I have heard that many in the financial independence community have previously been pretty hardcore Dave Ramsey followers, and then they sort of convert over to pursuing financial independence as the next step. So let's talk about a few other concerns or criticisms about some things that Dave Ramsey teaches. One is going back to baby step number four, which is invest 15% of your household income in retirement. Keep in mind that baby step four was after baby step two, which was paying off all debt except the house 
and fully funding your emergency fund in baby step number three. So he advocates for not investing while you're paying off debt and while you're building your emergency fund. And I think that this is a huge downfall of his recommendations. And one of the reasons why is because of the potential that many of his followers likely have employer match offerings through their 401ks at work. And if you don't contribute enough to your 401k to get your full employer match, you are literally missing out on free money. So it is suggested that you really consider at least doing that, at least contributing enough to your 401k to get your full employer match so that you can get some money invested. And then the second concern with not recommending this until all of your debt is paid off is because the power of compounding interest has less time to work over time if you don't start investing as soon as you can. So those in the FI community more so approach this as having more of a hybrid approach, both investing while paying off debt so that you are getting the benefits of both of those things as you're building wealth. In the same vein as investing is another concern with Dave Ramsey's recommendations is that he suggests that you use one of his recommended investing professionals called Smart Vester Pros. And what these professionals are is they essentially pay money to Dave Ramsey to be listed as a professional in the area that they're in. And they suggest that you invest in mutual funds. However, these mutual funds usually have higher fees because they are usually actively managed, unlike low-cost broad-based index funds, which are advised or encouraged in the financial independence community. So I would really caution on using an investing professional that you and they may feel as though they could help you, but that their fees of their services end up actually eating into your profits. So you very likely would not come out ahead. And it kind of makes you question the intent of these professionals that they are having to pay money to advertise under the Dave Ramsey brand name to have investors work with them. So just a word of caution, kind of similar to thinking about a financial advisor in general, try to ensure that they truly are fiduciary in all aspects of what they do and ask them how they get paid and what the fees are. And then another huge criticism that those in the financial independence community completely disagree with in regards to some of Dave Ramsey's suggestions is that he advises against using credit cards at all. However, there's a couple of issues with this. One is that using credit cards responsibly and paying them on time and in full every single month help you with your credit score. And he doesn't always think that you need a great credit score for different reasons, but a good credit score helps you in many areas in life. And if you are interested in a quick refresher, go ahead and take a listen back to episode 18, which talks about what your credit score is, why it is important, and how to boost your credit score. Additionally, many in the financial independence community, including myself, have used credit cards to earn travel rewards to be able to travel the world for free. So there can be a lot of benefits of using credit cards that I think that it's very narrow-minded to say that no one should ever use credit cards for any reason because a lot of people use them very responsibly. Take a listen to episodes 22 and 
47 to hear more about travel hacking with credit cards if you would like to get travel rewards point and earn free travel that way. So that was an overview of the seven baby steps that Dave Ramsey encourages, as well as some of his other beliefs that he shares with his followers and how they pertain to those pursuing financial independence. As you can see, some of the things that he suggests are good overall and seem to be pretty sound advice, but some of the things seem to be pretty questionable. It may sound as though this episode may be a little too critical in regards to what he suggests. However, I would like to say that Dave Ramsey has seemed to help a ton of people with their personal finances, especially those trying to pay off really large amounts of debt. So I want to certainly commend him for doing that and helping others with their lives as well. I'd love to hear what you think about all of this. Are you or were you a hardcore Dave Ramsey follower? I have certainly heard about him and read about him and his beliefs online. I've never read any of his books or listened to his radio show or anything like that. So I wouldn't say that I've necessarily followed his teachings for a long time by any means before I found the financial independence community. But I know many people in the FI community that especially started with Dave Ramsey and then kind of converted over to pursuing financial independence after that. So I think that he can be a good roadmap to at least get you started on your financial independence journey as well. Let me know if you've followed Dave Ramsey's baby steps. You can go to Instagram and comment on the post for today's episode, or you can send me a message on Instagram or go to the private Facebook group for PA the FI way. I love hearing from listeners as well as when they share where they are in their journey to pursuing financial independence. So I look forward to hearing from you soon and we'll see you back here. Same time, same place next week. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope that you decide to continue to join me along this journey of becoming a PA the FI way. Please take a moment to press the subscribe button on the platform that you are listening to this on, but more importantly, consider sharing with another current or future PA that could benefit from the information that we reviewed in this episode. Take care and have a great rest of your day. Until next time.